Hello and welcome to another episode of Football Talk Podcast. My name is Ozzy and I'm your host for today's show. Now, a very eventful match week nine with some big results and some big score lines as well. So let's look no further and start with the Manchester Derby. So Man City 6, Manchester United 3. So let's be brutally honest, speaking as a neutral, Manchester United got annihilated. Yes, and as you know, I'm a Liverpool fan. My team dropped points and you're above us. But the team got spanked by your noisy neighbours. And I'm sure that hurts, but it is what it is. But I have to be honest, Man City are on a different planet to everyone right now, especially their top man, Haaland, right now. But let's talk, talk more into the actual game itself the action involved so the first goal Bernardo Silva lays off a fantastic ball to Foden from the wing and he finishes in great fashion I think for Foden this was one of his best games that I've seen in a very long time it's probably ironic that it's come at a point where there's question marks over his quality as a player due to the fact that there was talks of Saka possibly replacing him in the England team. So I'm sure that might have hurt a feeling there. And I'm sure it was one of those things where I feel like he played with a chip on his shoulder, to be fair, and he wanted to prove a point. And with all of this talk about him possibly not even starting for England, it's kind of like that whole Michael Jordan meme where he took that personally and he showed what a quality player he is speaking of quality players, Haaland scores a header to open his account in this game and makes it 2-0. The third goal was a sublime pass by Kevin De Bruyne and Haaland with the sliding finish. These two, when they play together, is just unstoppable. And a lot of people question Haaland's overall game. Well, I think this game he showed that he can hit a pass more than a pass and he did it for the third goal where he set up Foden and he finished finished fantastically in front of goal. Now, for me, Man City, like I said earlier on, are playing some breathtaking football right now. And this was all done in the first half. So they were 4-0 up. United fans were leaving the stadium. Couldn't take any more. But United actually showed a different account of themselves and were a lot better in the second half. New signing, Anthony scores a sublime effort outside of the box to give United the first goal of the game. But Man City answers back with a Haaland hat-trick. A nice cut pass from their new left-back, uh, Gomez, who they signed in the summer. And then you had Phil Foden joining the party to claim his hat-trick as well. Haaland gets the ball, makes a nice turn, hits a through ball to Foden, who smashes the back of the net. Phenomenal play again from Man City there. United get their second goal as Fred charges forward and hits the shot on target. That was saved by Edison, but unfortunately, as he parried it away, the loose ball arrived at the feet of Martial and he finished from close range. And then United were awarded a late penalty as well after Martial was fouled by Cancelo. And Martial hit the bin, top bins, I should say, from the spot. So... 
despite the defeat for Manchester United, you have to take some sort of positives from the game. The second half was a much better performance. First half was a bit weird because they seemed quite timid, maybe afraid in the first half. Didn't really go head to toe with City. And I think it showed as City pretty much walked through them throughout the first half. City just looked unstoppable. They are conceding few goals more than normal, which is the only sort of criticism if I have to pick one right now. But look how, look who they have up front. It's like having a, a pro-evolution version of Adriano in real life where his shooting is 99. It's a complete joke. It's unfair for the rest of the league because right now he's scoring hat-tricks like, like it's nothing. He's already beaten records where I think he scored more hat-tricks than Ronaldo and Lampard, just to name a few legends there. So, yeah, worrying times for not just my team, Liverpool, I think everyone in the league. And I'll probably say Europe as well in terms of the Champions League. Just got a comment here from Bobby K. Uh, show him some love. Thank you, Bobby K, for your comment. Appreciate the support. Next game, Arsenal versus Tottenham. So this match concluded. It looks like North London is red right now. Sorry, fans, but that was a great performance from the Gunners. They started off in fantastic fashion uh, with Thomas Partey hitting a rocket from 30 yards. And what a goal it was from the midfielder. But Spurs managed to find a way to equalise as Richarlison, uh, or Richarlison, I should say, is fouled in the box. Obviously, uh, I seem a bit of a diver, but, you know, got what, what he wanted for his team. Great penalty by Harry Kane, as always. Jesus was so close to scoring a phenomenal goal as he dribbled past two, three players from the left wing and hits the shot right at the keeper. But eventually he got his goal. Uh, a shot from Sack on the right-hand side, which was spilled by Loris, which is, you know, he's been in great form so far this season. So a bit of a surprise in terms of how he reacted to that shot. And Jesus was the first one to get ahead of the defender and... Hit the, hit the back of the net with an easy tap-in. Emerson Royale, not the most favourite of players amongst uh, Spurs fans, got a red card after fouling Martinelli. Silly challenge from him, let's be honest. And Shaka was able to grab the third goal of the game. Great play by Martinelli in the build-up. So, Arsenal still top of the table. And I have to be honest, deservedly so. They broke Spurs' unbeaten streak in the Premier League. And I'm sure that's added a bit of salt to the wound but hey I, I think the best team won the day and if you watch my previous episodes I did label Arsenal as dark horses this season whether they'll challenge for the title who knows there's a long long way to go but I feel like people are underestimating Arsenal in terms of what they did in the summer and how they've been an ever-growing team in terms of the development of the young players and they're improving as a collective as well. So, long way to go, but they're, they're looking good so far. Next game. Don't really want to speak about it, but, you know, it has to be done as part of the show. Liverpool versus Brighton. So, this was a draw. Where do I begin? Now, I may sound like a cassette player, but for me, it's the same old rubbish every week. It just seems like the team has forgotten how to defend. Can't stick to basics right now. The first goal is evident. 
Trent Alexander-Arnold gets turned by Trossard, who hits a fantastic shot to open the scoreline. The second goal followed pretty much soon after. Brighton were running rings around Liverpool uh, with their great movement and passing. McAllister passes the ball to Trostad and he smashes the shot in the bottom corner. 2-0 up for Brighton there. And that's it. You're thinking, oh, it's one of those days again. But Bobby, Firmino are shining light. And to be fair, the only bright spark in our Liverpool team gets the first Liverpool goal with a clever finish as two defenders made an attempt to block the pass. Oh, should I say block the shot? And he just lifted it over both defenders. So a great finish from him. And he was managed to get a second goal as well. Reminding me of the old Firmino in terms of his silky touch and skill. Made the right space to hit the shot. And it was clinically finished. Lovely goal from Firmino there. Liverpool were able to get a third goal as well through an old goal. I believe it was Webster. But funny enough, despite taking the lead, I personally didn't feel confident. I just feel like there was something... Something might happen in the game, whether it's we're scoring another goal or we're conceding. It just felt like we were on edge. We weren't really in control of the game. And unfortunately, that's exactly what happened. Trossard completed his hat-trick with a left-foot finish. The game ends 3-3. I think because of how Liverpool have been in the last few years, as a fan, a draw feels like a loss, just like the other three draws that have taken place in the league this season as well. I'm not going to go into huge details into what's going on, what's going wrong with Liverpool right now. But I have to be honest, things need to change. We're so open at the back. It's frightening to see. We invite pressure every game. Things just need to change in general. I think the setup needs to change. Me personally, I've been saying this for a few weeks now. We need to change formation. I think the current crop of midfielders that we have they don't have the legs to make charging runs and they don't have the, the capability of playing dynamic football or as Klopp likes to call that heavy metal football right now. So I think looking at the squad, a 4-2-3-1 formation would be more suited right now where we'll have two defensive midfielders covering the full-backs but also protecting the centre-backs, which is desperately needed right now. And we have players that can play that number 10 role. So we can play either Harvey Elliott there, we can play Cavalio, who's naturally number 10. Bobby Firmino can play there, and we can have Nunes leading the line. So the options are there. So I feel like our current crop of players are probably more suited to that 4-2-3-1 formation. But let's not take any credit away from Brighton. Who I thought were fantastic from this game. And I'm sure the new manager, uh, Deserbi, is very pleased with what he saw on the pitch. They're showing exactly why they're currently fourth in the league. Under Potter, they're playing, in my opinion, some of the best football in the Premier League. And it looks like it's continued within the same regime. So, yeah, good days for, for Brighton there. Now, the next game, Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. So, Palace started the game in a very attacking lineup, playing Elise and Eze in midfield and Edouard leading the line. So maybe it was too adventurous for some, but I think the selection seemed to be a masterstroke to begin with, where Edouard opens the scoreline with a great finish in the box. 
Chelsea had a couple of shots as well from Mason Mount and Raheem Sterling. But the defining moment for me of the game was the challenge from Thiago Silva on Andre Ayew. Now, Andre Ayew was through on goal. Silva, I think, barges into him, falls over, clearly handballs uh, the football there and stops a goal-scoring chance as he was the last man. Let's not be around the bush. So, for me, it should have been a red card. He was awarded a yellow. So, an abysmal decision from the referee there. And I think Chelsea took that as a as a blessing as it pretty much changed the game afterwards. Chelsea equalised with the man in question, Thiago Silva, nodding it over to Aubameyang, who scores his first goal for Chelsea with a volley. So, that goal would never have happened if Silva had got a red card. So, I know a lot of Palace fans were frustrated or felt unjust, and rightly so, as I would have felt the same as well. And to make it even worse, it was their play of the year last season, Conor Gallagher, who scores the winning goal. What a strike it was from the young midfielder. Great execution on the ball. I said it in my preview last week. I hope he gets some more first-team football on the Potter. I feel like he has the ingredients to become a top midfielder for Chelsea and for England as well. But in regards to the game, I don't think Palace deserved to lose. I think a point would have been a fair result. In regards to Chelsea, not the most convincing of performances. I think Potter is still trying to figure out what the best system is with the current crop of players that he has. So a lot of improvement needed, but they got the three points, which is the most important thing at this stage of the season. The final game to review in Matric 9 is West Ham versus Wolves. So West Ham grabbed their second win of the season and it was a debut goal from their summer signing Gianluca Scamacca. It didn't start very well for the Italian striker who missed an easy chance in front of goal as he scoops it just wide off the target. But later in the game, the goal comes and what a fantastic finish it was. Sweetly hit outside the box. That's how you announce yourself to the league and also to your new fans. It was an unstoppable goal. Traore was close to scoring for Wolves, but his shot pretty much scuffed it hit and he hit it wide. And it was Bowen who added his name to the score sheet. Lovely half volley on the near post. I believe that's his first goal of the season, just like Skamaka. So I'm sure these goals will inject some confidence into these players who are fantastic throughout the game, but have had a slow start to the season. So... Onwards and upwards for West Ham there. As for Wolves, unfortunately, this result cost uh, Bruno Lag's job as he was sacked after the game. So, my thoughts on the sacking. For me, it wasn't a huge surprise, to be honest. I think one win this season uh, and only having six points on the board as well, it's a poor start. And considering how much money they invested in the summer, the owner's naturally we're expecting to see a lot better on the pitch and rightly so in my opinion so no surprise unfortunately the big question is who's in contention to become the next Wolves manager so at the minute I believe the manager Pedro Martins who is a former Olympiacos manager is the favourite to take the job Um, Sporting Lisbon's highly rated manager Ruben Amorim as well is linked to the job I think at this stage, it will be difficult to snatch him away from Sporting Lisbon. 
they're in fantastic form. They're doing very well in the league. They're doing fantastic in the Champions League as well. And he's under contract until 2024. So it'd require a big compensation package to get him off his contract there. So I don't see that rumour um, happening. So it might be Pedro Martins um, taking the job. But we'll see as there's no official confirmation, but we'll hear some more news in time to come. And that's pretty much a wrap-up of the show. So thank you for everyone for tuning in. If you haven't already, please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. I will be doing a, <clears throat> a match preview tomorrow at 6 p.m. UK time for the Liverpool versus Rangers game. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then I will be doing a match reaction episode after the game as well. So, yeah, Liverpool on in the best of form. So, hopefully we get some sort of victory there. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, thank you again, guys. Uh, take care, stay safe. And I hope to see you very soon. Good night. <laughs>